it was at the end, it was like 9.30 p.m. We had been there since 7 a.m. And I was like laying on the floor with a couple of the other coaches. And I sat up and I was like, I am so tired right now, but I am so excited to come in and do this all over again tomorrow. And that's literally when I, I felt like a switch go off in my head. And I was like, I want to be a strength conditioning coach. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Welcome to episode five of the podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Elena Luciani. Elena is a coach. She is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. She also has her master's in sports science and recreation with a distinction in coaching from Ohio University. She's worked at several different universities, including Laurier, Ohio, and York, as well as private sector training facilities with a variety of different athletes from all sports, ranging from football to hockey to soccer. She is a self-proclaimed agenda and highlighter queen, and she also has her own business called Training to Excel. In this episode, we talk about leading with performance instead of aesthetics. Elena also has a mantra that says, the longer it takes, the longer it lasts. So we talk about what that means. We spend a decent amount of time talking about the difference between feedback and criticism, which was a really interesting topic. We talk about being proud of your strengths and what you do well and how people have a negative bias to focus on the things that they need to improve on instead of kind of owning their strengths. We also talk a lot about goal setting. So Elena runs goal setting workshops and we talk about why goal setting is so important to her and her life and how she uses goal setting to improve both her business and her life outside of work. In this episode, it comes through so clearly how big of an impact Elena's family has had on her and how much they've shaped who she is and how she approaches life. I really enjoyed hearing about that from her. I hope you all love this episode with Elena. I would love to hear about training to excel. I want to hear about how it got started, a little bit um, where you got the idea, kind of its mission. Yeah, I love starting here. So actually, it started when I was a student at Laurier, and I was looking at our like athletics and recreation programs. We didn't have a strength and conditioning program at the time, and I was looking at the list of things, and there was like cycle fit, and there was Zumba, and there was aerobics, but I'm like why is there no like small group training? So I went to my supervisor and I was like, I would love to start a small group training program. You know, we don't have anything. She's like, great, go for it. I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that to be so easy. Uh, (laughs) So I put together this small group training program. We met twice a week for eight weeks and we ran it each semester. And I had a collection of athletes. I had some, you know, advanced gym users that were just kind of looking to to work out with other people and kind of change up their routine. And it was really cool to see this collection. I don't want to say misfits in a bad way, but I just mean like this collection of, you know, people from all over campus come together. And the way I saw them act as a team, even though they were from different teams and they were from different places on campus, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Naturally, I needed a name for it. And I actually called my mom she's very creative. And I was like, mom, I need, this is what I'm doing. I need a name for it. 
she was like, well, why don't you call it training to excel? But with the number two and the letters excel. Did she come up with that on the spot? Oh, actually? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop. And she's like super, like maybe not on the spot, but it was like within the phone call that she was yeah. like training to excel. And at first I was like, no, mom, everyone's going to think it means training to get extra large. She's <laughs> like, so once I like said it out loud, I was like, oh, training to excel in sport and in life. I'm like, oh, I like that. And so after I ran that small group training program, things in kind of the strength conditioning world started to pick up. I really started to gear my kin classes all towards that world. I actually had a very unique opportunity to uh, create the strength conditioning program at Laurier. So after I graduated, I stayed and worked full time for two years. But I remember as I was graduating, they wanted to continue the program. And my mom was like, you should keep that name because she's like, I feel like it could be something one day. Maybe the next year I ended up registering my business. Smart lady. And <laughs> yeah, she is very smart. She's also an entrepreneur. So okay. like, I think she kind of knew that eventually that's kind of the route I would take. Mm-hmm. And because my background is, you know, very heavily in athletics and a lot of my experience has come from working with team sports, uh, I did want to make it also inclusive of people that didn't play a sport. So my take with training to excel is, you know, training to excel in sport and in life, but I refer to everyone as an athlete. So you could be athletes in sport, and those are my athletes that, you know, come see me in their off season or the teams I worked with, or an athlete in life. And you're just training to perform and live at your very best. You know, I still feel like I train like an athlete. I train, I think, at the same intensity as I did when I played basketball. And, you know, I, I want to make people feel like they can still do that and they don't need a court, an ice rink, or a football field to feel, work, and train, and perform like an athlete. It's so empowering to feel like you're training like an athlete. Everybody wants to feel and look athletic. In the fitness industry, there's a lot of weight on the aesthetic side of things. Like, everyone wants to look a certain way, and I I would not take that away from anyone. If people have aesthetic goals, as long as you know your why, like, all the power to you. But I just think, like, when you train for performance, a lot of times that comes, the aesthetic stuff comes, without even thinking about it. So all of a sudden you're sleeping better and you have better energy and you know, you're walking more and you're doing all these things. And all of a sudden, maybe you'll start to notice like, Oh, like things are fitting differently. Like I'm feeling really good in my body. And that's why I just, I really like to lead with the performance and lead with like the feel, like the feeling of things. That's why like (laughs) this resonates with me so much as opposed to being like, booty gains and like get a six pack because like there's a lot of really awesome athletes that are incredibly athletic but don't look it and a big turning point for me was I went to a prep school to essentially repeat my senior year of high school in Massachusetts just you know for basketball I wanted to see if I can you know play in the NCAA and my brothers did it so I had to do everything my brothers did (laughs) but I remember training with one of the other Canadians that was down there at the time and he was an incredibly talented football player huge lineman like I'm talking six eight like over 300 pounds when we were doing ladder drills together he crushed me he moved so well he had such good endurance such good stamina and it was just the perfect example of like you don't need to have a six pack and like massive biceps and all this stuff to be athletic and to move like an athlete. I just think of football because you see alignment and you're like, what, you know, what can he do? He's carrying so much weight. And like, yes, there's some of them that like literally just carry extra weight to be like a heavier body on the field, but they can also still move and execute skills really, really well. You know, you can't always judge a book by its cover. I have some 
you know, people in my life that might not look like that shredded pinnacle of health, but they get their blood test done and like everything's good and they're sleeping well and they have the energy to go about their daily activities. So I just think that as much as like, it's not air quotes cool right now to like talk about like how great you can like engage your core. Like it's not as like, cool. I think it's well, pretty cool. I mean like we totally think it's cool, but I, I just keep like, even though it's, it's maybe not the buzzwords people are looking for, I'm still going to push for that. Cause that's really like my values and what I believe in most. And I'm just, I just refuse to be someone I'm not in order to gain more traction or get more likes or follows or, you know, I want to build a really genuine community and I'm not going to do that if I'm not myself. So that, and that authenticity shows through it's people that have that approach that are thinking about the whole picture and staying true to themselves that are going to be in business forever, as opposed to just being in business for five years while this fad exists. Yeah. So it's actually funny. I said this because I mean, life of an entrepreneur, like isn't glamorous (laughs) all the time. Like there's some really cool things I get to do and, you know, you get to make your schedule and things like that, but <laughs> to an extent, yeah, to, exactly. Sort of a myth, right? I mean, it really is because you're working off you everyone a, else's schedule. Yeah, exactly. Like if you have clients, you have to cater to. You're yeah. not making your own schedule. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. It's so true. <laughs> I take that back. Yeah. Um, the winter just seemed a little bit longer for me this year, and this really is the first winter that I didn't, I wasn't working in a collegiate setting. You know, I know I'm going to have my athletes in the summer and I love working with that demographic. Mm -hmm. It was just different for me this winter. You want that like instant gratification. Like you want to do something and like release a project or do something and people be all over it. Things never really happen that fast. But I keep reminding myself, I'm like the longer it takes, the longer it lasts. Because if I'm taking the time to build a foundation, chances are that foundation is going to be really, really strong and really sustainable. So yeah, hundred percent. I'm interested in what your day to day looks like right now. Like who are you working with? How's your time being spent at this point? Uh, I'm working on a couple different projects, which when you are a strength coach and you do so much with people and you're always kind of stimulated by, by others around you, I really like having the projects that I can kind of do behind the scenes and, you know, work from home or work from a coffee shop or just something that kind of allows me to decompress a little bit. I'm definitely an extrovert, but I definitely have some introverted qualities and I think everyone does. Everybody's a mix. It's very rare that you're black or white. Yeah. 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 To a certain extent, like I'm definitely energized by people, but I also try to always have something I'm working on, I guess, behind the scenes. So, you know, each day it's kind of a little bit of, you know, one-on-one training, it might be a class, it might be a team. So I work with a PB hockey team that I see every other week. It could be doing some consulting with people on, you know, their either training programs or their nutrition or whatever it might be. Um, I do some online coaching and programming, which is really fun for me because I love writing programs and it's just an accessible way. Like there's some people that I know from Ohio, let's say that want a program but like they obviously can't come to Toronto yeah, for training. Yeah, you're not able to personal train. Yeah, so it, yeah. it's it's nice to kind of have that option. I've never taken the dive into the the online training world and I think it's mostly because I love to take someone through their program mm-hmm. and like be so hands-on with the progress, know how everything looks and like go on that journey with them. Yeah. So, how do you find that with your online clients? Is it a challenge? 
you know what? I've been very fortunate with the people that have come to work with me and I've started to integrate different tools to allow me to feel a little bit more hands-on. Um, and that's part of it. Like it's a lot of it's been kind of trial and error. Right now there's a lot of like online fitness coaches <laughs> and it just seems that like everyone's kind of following the same systems and everyone's, I mean, maybe that's just kind of the people that, you know, I kind of see pop up on my social media and, and I really tried again, to be authentic with my process and with my systems that I use. So um, I use an app called Huddle that I actually used with athletes when I was, you know, working at various training facilities and in universities. And it allows the client to film themselves doing an exercise mm -hmm. and then they upload it. And then I can see when they uploaded it. And then I can actually like draw lines and like oh, leave them cool. comments and cues and stuff. Yeah. So that's something that I think has definitely helped make me feel more a part of the process. Um, and I do do weekly check-ins. We probably have a lot of the same questions that we would ask, <laughs> like, you know, your nutrition and your sleep and on a scale of one to 10, how sore you are, what's your stress levels like? Almost like a daily wellness survey, but it also I think helps them realize that there's other components than just the working out piece. And I think because I do have the clients in real life, I'm okay with kind of balancing it with the online world. I would never want it to replace the real life stuff. Like that's totally not my style, but I do think it's really cool to like make something that is accessible for people that might not be downtown. Mm -hmm. Or I have a lot of past athletes that, to be honest, I know how they move. I know that they have some sort of training literacy. They, you know, they have a training age more than a couple months or a year. Uh, and so that makes it a little bit easier. So I have been very fortunate with the people that have reached out. A lot of them come from a sport background. I think that's maybe just what I naturally attract because of my experience. Um, but I love that because then I kind of already know, you know, they have that foundation and they're looking for a program to allow them to train the way they did when they were an athlete, but now, you know, do it in the comfort of their own gym. And there definitely is a population that, they, they move well and they, they want to be held accountable, but they also kind of want to do things independently. Like I said, I really tried to create systems that are unique to me. So like, how can I take things I was doing with my athletes and integrate it into, you know, my online coaching? So I actually try to follow up with my clients and, and ask for feedback. And that's a great way to learn. I think it's a really important skill to be able to collect information afterwards, mm -hmm. change and become better for it Absolutely. and make better systems. Yeah. I've also been in the position where I've just been criticized and it's not constructive. And this is more so when I was in the athlete world. And I remember trying so desperately to find something constructive about what was written. And it came down mm -hmm. to it that I'm like, this actually just isn't constructive at all. <laughs> so I also think it's important on the other side of things that if you are providing feedback, is it something that someone can learn from and grow from? And I know not everything is sunshine and rainbows and I'm not saying to sugarcoat things, but like you need to make sure that the feedback you're providing is actually going to help someone get better as opposed to just tear them down. Yeah, we're creating these brands online and it's just being put out there. So mm -hmm. you're not 
targeting a specific audience like anybody can go on and look yeah. at your stuff and they can say anything they want yeah it's so exposed especially with this now yeah. this new platform but i also think it's really powerful there are a lot of positives we get from social media and in from these platforms but i always think about like i follow espn and in sportsnet and all you know those kind of sports channels and just like the athletes the pro athletes get ripped oh my god apart <laughs> like oh my unfortunately oh. i know it all too well Yo, it is yes a, it is a yeah. cutthroat world it's crazy and i don't know i always wonder like are are they actually forgetting that these athletes are human like i think sometimes we yeah. think of them as like robots yeah that aren't actually gonna like see or hear or read this stuff yeah. they're people just you know just the way that you and i would hate to get that like just criticism for no reason or just yeah. like mean words that's i don't know what it is about that world but yeah and it'll say some crazy stuff and unfortunately i think the people that are saying it are people that like really don't have any business saying anything oh 100 percent. yeah yeah and, and i remember <laughs> when i was younger i said to my dude we're watching a basketball game some guy kept being like oh that guy sucks blah blah and like can we just look big picture for a second like Yes, he's on the bench right now, but he's on the bench of an NBA team. <laughs> like, does he really right. suck that much? Right. Like, I, I don't know. I just remember being young and being like, what? Like, yeah. I don't know. So and people I just, just feel entitled to make their judgments that like, oh, he's not good enough because he's not a star. You yeah. Know, it's, yeah, it's and so crazy. I think the feedback that I was kind of referring to that had more of kind of that negative impact on me was actually anonymous. I was fortunate enough to work with the Laurier football team, which was a very unique opportunity. And I was... As a female, that is very unique. Yes. And especially at the time, I think even over the past couple of years, like things have definitely progressed, but I was, you know, like I'm assertive and I, you know, I, I pride myself on being a good leader. You know, I credit that to my parents and my brothers and kind of the way we were raised. And I remember telling the team, I was like, if you have any issues with anything, Let's have an adult conversation. My door is always open. I'm always open to feedback. Let's discuss something. So I had a couple of guys that would come in and be like, hey, just wondering why we're doing this in the program. And I would explain it and they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then they would go on their way and, and continue following the program. You know, I also didn't have a lot of those conversations. So I'm thinking like, great, like everything's so smooth. And then these anonymous surveys get sent out to all the teams growing up as an athlete it's like so easy to you know we have 10 amazing things said about us and there's like one or two really negative things and I'm like oh my gosh I'm terrible I'm the worst person ever because I'm so consumed with these negative comments and unfortunately that's what happened and you know I had several athletes kind of rip me apart I would reread and reread and reread being like, there's gotta be something constructive in here. And I remember going to chat with the head coach and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this to call out any of the guys, but I'm just curious, like, has anyone approached you with any issues? Like, is there anyone that I could have a conversation with? And he read them and he's like, you know, unfortunately they weren't raised to kind of see maybe a female in an authoritative position. Like it really just was trying to knock me down. There was wow. nothing... You yeah, weren't going to take anything helpful from it. It was like, yeah. she can't command the respect of us and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, but you know what? I grew really thick skin after that. That was like a huge, I kind of refer to that as my TSN turning point. Like that was, <laughs> I like remember very specifically having a really rough night. Like I pretty much 
like sobbed and I was like I'm not I'm not a good coach I'm not meant to be a coach like what am I doing I need to go do my master's I need to be smarter I need to read more textbooks and I was like I remember sitting at my computer like bawling being like trying to look up like master's programs like just because in my head at the time I was like that's what I need you know I need to have more credentials I need to have more letters beside my name like for whatever reason that is what I thought was wrong with me and then it actually wasn't until I went to do my master's and I worked with coaches that were so supportive and we all had our own strengths it wasn't like I'm better than you I'm higher up than you it was like let's work together like can you help me with this I'd love to help you with this can you teach me this and I'll teach you this it was very like amazing yeah it was (laughs) I, I can't even get over how much I learned in a in one year at Ohio and I really credit that to the coaches I work with and who knows they might be listening but they know exactly who they are and they they created a huge shift for me in a really positive way and allowed me to be proud of my strengths as opposed to always having to work on my weaknesses like we all have things we're better at and I think it's always important to like keep trying to improve but I think for a long time I was like oh like I'm a good communicator but like that's it that's not important like I need to read more books and it's like you know, I'm really good at building relationships, but like, who cares about that? Like I need to get another letter after my master's. I was like, okay, now I have these letters and I definitely thought I was a better coach after, but I'm like, oh my gosh, the reason I'm a better coach is because I'm just owning what I'm already good at Mm. and what I was like naturally born with. I've always been a talker as you can tell. (laughs) So it's like that to me is you know, building relationships with people is something I love to do. And I didn't think of that as kind of like a superpower, I guess. And yeah, it's great that I have more credentials. I take a lot of pride in those letters beside my name, but that's exactly it is like realizing what I am actually good at and doing a master's program that was much more applied. Our brains have evolved to have a negative bias. So it's actually biologically ingrained in our brains to focus on that one negative thing. So you're not alone in that. I see it in clients all the time, right? You know, you say 10 things throughout the session that they're great at, and then there's one thing that you're working on and they walk away frustrated because they couldn't get the one thing. That's why I find it so important to highlight what people are doing well. Yeah. And just like really hammer home, like, because people won't hear it. We have that negative bias and we hear the one thing and then we just hold on to it. So it's so important to to both for yourself and for others to really like drive those things home. Yeah. I remember my mom, she talked about like the positive sandwich where it's like a positive, (laughs) a negative, a positive. It does make a difference because it's like you're starting off by being like, You killed it by, you know, keeping your belly button to your spine, but let's just work on doing, you know, X, Y, and Z because you were doing all the other things really, really well. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh yeah, like I was doing good. Okay. But I (laughs) know I'm way more excited to fix the one little thing. So it's perfect. Yeah. Versus feeling like you failed. Yeah. I've worked alongside some coaches that let's say have a different approach than me. So it was very like, you're doing this wrong. Nope, don't do that. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember it was my USA weightlifting course. We, a friend of mine and I, we drove to Rochester to take it. I was like super pumped because like I had learned from from different coaches and stuff how to, you know, do some of these Olympic lifts, but I was excited to be able to coach it better. In the morning, we were sitting there and the coach was like, never just focus on what the athlete's doing wrong. Like you want to give them a positive and then tell them a cue to fix something and you don't want to over cue. And he was giving like all these great points. I was like, awesome. When we got into the practical piece, so when we were actually lifting, 
he ripped me apart. And even my friend was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, but like, was that just me? Like, am I inside my own head or was he? And she was like, no, he pretty much did exactly what he told us not to do. He was like, no, you're not doing that right. No, don't do that. No, you shouldn't be doing that. And I literally would look at him being like, okay, so like, what should I be doing? Like, I'm just limmy. Like, I just have a lot of like limbs. So it's like when I was like getting ready to snatch, I'm just, when I was first getting into it, I was just awkward with it. Of course though. Those are like very complex. Yeah. Very complex. So foreign. If you're not used to finding stability in those places, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so hard. And as a basketball player, like my hip and ankle mobility, like just like were not (laughs) like, you know, it's taken years, but I did that course kind of shortly after I finished playing. And I just remember leaving that day feeling so defeated. I I didn't quite take it too hard, but even my friend was like, that was harsh. (laughs) I'm just confused because he pretty much told us to do like all the opposite things when we're going to people. Wow, so he knew what to say to you guys, but then he didn't apply it at all. So I was just like, "Mm." I was like, okay, well then I'm going to take this as a learning to know that like, there are going to be times that as a coach, like there are times that we get frustrated when it's like, we're trying to give our athletes and our clients these cues and you know, they're spot on in our heads. They make so much sense, but for whatever reason, there's a disconnect Mm -hmm. and it's not getting frustrated with them. And it's like, maybe just maybe changing the movement or having them focus on something else Mm because really like you're there to make them better and you're not going to make them better by beating them into the over cueing yeah it's so true that's actually a really good point to just like sometimes it's better if you've gone down this wormhole of like we've tried five or six cues and it's just not happening like switch the movement for that day like let's find something successful because you're gonna feel way better starting it fresh on a new day we're gonna try a whole new approach than if you just like beat it down beat it down and oftentimes also like if you're working one-on-one with someone you have an hour yeah do you really want to spend 20 minutes of that person's time and their time spent with you on the frustration trying to get one movement of yeah course not. and I I think part of being a good coach is being able to kind of like read that from the mm-hmm. person yeah there are times when you, you do need to push people like if something's not challenging you like you're not gonna get that progress you're looking for but at the same time when you're reading defeat on their face and in their body language it's like like is there something else we can do I remember from a very young age my mom talking about body language my brothers and I would be standing there and we'd be like, my dad called it the athlete slouch and we'd be like sitting here and my mom would be like, you know, when someone walks in the room, what do, what do they think when like they see you sitting there and all of a sudden we're like propping up and like rolling our shoulders back and, or, you know, we would like be people watching. My mom's just like super cool and does all this stuff still, but we'd be like people watching and she'd be like, you know, that person looks looks kind of sad and you would like see them and it's like you know their face is almost like frowning and they're and it's just like incredible what people can actually pick up from just body language Mm -hmm. and I think that's such an important part of coaching that often isn't in certifications oh my gosh yeah yeah nobody's talking about that it's so true that soft side of like just reading a client and understanding where they're at with something it can be the reason that you take a whole different approach. Yeah. I think there's a very distinct difference between like babying someone and just like being intuitive. If you're already stressed with something else in your life, physical activity is great for you, but it's also still a stress on your body and our bodies react the same way. 
So it's like, do you really think like doubling up on that stress is going to be beneficial? Or like, is there something else that we can do that will actually progress them forward more? And that's a big reason why I use those daily wellness surveys with the track athletes, because I also wanted to get a better understanding of what they were actually doing at practice. If I had a couple girls be like, stress is through the roof, soreness is through the roof, like, am I really going to put them under a barbell? Like, is that really going to be beneficial when they have a meet on the weekend? Probably not. So Mm -hmm. the girls would come in and I'd be like, okay, like you four, you guys are going to start on the bikes and then we're going to do a mobility session. You four are good. You can, um, you know, get your program and you can go through lift a, and then you four are going to, um, just, just do a little bit of a longer warm up, And then we're going to just take the weights down a little bit, but you could still run through the same workout. Mm -hmm. And, that even helped with buy-in because it was like she actually like read what she's know. actually paying attention. Yeah. She's actually listening. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to just like get in here and do this right. and like get into the bar. <laughs> I mean, there's a time and a place. Like sometimes being intuitive enough to actually like pick up on that and be like, do you need to be pushed or like do I just need to maybe use some different language with you? Or when I have my coaching shoes on, I'm actually like very assertive and. I remember when I first started coaching, I said to someone, I was like, you know, if you were to bump into me on the street, like I'd, I'd be the one to apologize. Whereas like when I have my coaching shoes on, I know my position, I know my authority and not to like, I'm not belittling anyone, but I also know that like I am there to, to educate and empower and, and to teach. And you know, I don't take that lightly when you're out on a field like, especially when oh I'm running God, the guys through warm-up, like, you have to be loud. But, like, there's something very empowering about it because then I can also dial it right back. I want people to leave feeling better than than when they came in. And if that means, like, elevating my voice and fixing my posture. And I think when I was younger, it was kind of like, fake it till you make it. I remember my first, like, workout with them. I'm like, there's 100 football players in one of me. Okay, like <laughs> puff my chest up a little bit. Roll my back. Yeah, and, and yeah. again, like not in a cocky way, but it's just like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead my mind with a physical presence. I don't know if you watch Grey's Anatomy, but no, oh, okay. I watched a couple seasons forever ago, and I'm so, definitely not caught up. <laughs> so there's like, but there's one. So there's one character, and she's one of the brain surgeons. And every time she is about to perform a surgery, she does like the power stance. Yeah. And then there's a lot of like, I think there's Ted talks on it and there's like so much out there, but like leading with like a physical stance or a physical presence is very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I kind of learned that firsthand when my mind was like, you're not ready. You're so young. Like I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Yep. And I'm going to just like act like I've, I've done it before and I'll be there again. And that was something my brother always told me whenever I was on the court. Cause when I was younger and would score a basket, I'd get so excited. And he was like, Elena, he's like. Act like you've been there. Yeah, act like you've been there before and you'll be there again. Uh, But I kind of tried to take the same approach, especially when I was a young strength coach in an intimidating environment. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about goal setting. Yeah. Goals. This is one of the things that I've heard you talk about a couple times. I know that you've run some goal setting workshops that have been awesome. Um, How and why do you incorporate goal setting in your own life? Why is it so important to you? Goal setting is actually a skill I think for a long time I took for granted. Not purposely, I just, I think I just kind of assumed that everyone did it. I just remember from a young age, like driving to a basketball game and my dad would be like, what What are three things you want to do this game? And I'd be like, I want to score a basket. I want to get a rebound and I want to box out on defense or whatever it was. 
once I put that in my head, it was like, those are the things I was thinking about. And especially as a young athlete, I'd be able to be like, oh my God, I got, I got two baskets this game. I like exceeded my goals and I'd be so excited. <laughs> once I started getting a little bit more serious in sport, uh, I started writing things down. And I just thought it was super powerful to kind of, I had this journal where I'd write things down and kind of close it. And then I'd revisit it every little bit. And it wasn't until just a couple of years ago, I had one of my old athletes reach out to me and she was like, Hey, she's like, I know you always like set goals and stuff on your own. I was wondering if you would sit down with me again in my head. I'm like, well, doesn't everyone do this? Like I'm almost like naive. And then I sat down with her and it was so rewarding to see her light up with like these possibilities and these things that like, she's like, that's never come out of my mouth before, but like, that's what I want. There's like this shift and I find it a lot in my one-on-one sessions, you know, they, they perk up a bit and all of a sudden it's like, I, I can't do this. This is what I want. This is the, you know, ideal day that I want to live, you know, just as when you're a strength coach and you're helping an athlete excel and perform on their playing surface it's the same sort of thing but just in a in a different realm so you know not to say that my training and nutrition stuff isn't inclusive but I think with the goal setting there's there's people that are you know high-end corporate worlds I've never been in the corporate world so I wouldn't even know like what goes on over there but like that it goal setting can totally be applied to any area of your life it doesn't have to just be with your your training and in your nutrition it could be with you know, career goals and, you know, financial goals, things you want to save for. And I think there's just something really powerful about writing things down, saying things out loud, mm-hmm. you know, having someone hold you accountable. And I think with my goal setting, there's so much out there. Like there's just so much about goals and habits. And and so something I've tried to work in more is actually more about the, the habits because it's those small steps that we do every day that lead up to those bigger goals. Mm-hmm. So helping people see that goals aren't necessarily just like one isolated thing in the future. It's like the sum of all these small steps that we take each and every day. And like I said before, how it's like the longer it takes, the longer it lasts. It's the same sort of thing. I mean, you can apply that to a perfect example is weight loss. Mm-hmm. The longer it takes you to lose weight, the longer it's going to last because your body's actually adjusting to the change as opposed to like nixing every food group for a month. And yeah, like maybe you feel great for a week, that's gonna come back. I, you know, that mantra kind of comes back to me in the same way with goals. Some of those bigger goals, it's gonna take some time. And it's almost like helping prepare people, like what's a realistic time frame. So the, the thing I love about goal setting is every session is very different. So some people are very like, they come in with like notes already. And I'm like, amazing. And they just kind of need help like organizing it. Some people are like, I've never written anything down in my life. Okay, well, let's just start brainstorming things. Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a goal? I want to travel more. It's like, okay, where do you want to travel? Uh, Bali. Okay, well, write down Bali. What, like, what about Bali? Like, why do you want to go there? Well, like, the food and the culture. It's like, okay, well, so experience. Like, helping people think in a different way. Um, but then also taking that and being like, okay, so what is, I call them actionable tasks. And I'm like, what's an actionable task that you can do in the next 24 hours that's going to bring you one step closer to going to Bali. And it could be like, I'm going to go to the bank and open up a new savings account and put $5 in it. Amazing. You're $5 closer to your goal. So it's like helping people see that kind of like pinnacle goal and then helping them with the process. Because big goals can be overwhelming. Especially when it's a five or 10 year goal or something that's really far away. 
it can be it can be almost um like paralyzing well where do i start and so to help somebody find the clarity to break it down into something small you can do yeah in 24 hours even that's yeah that's amazing so we actually do the 10-year vision this is like such an interesting like almost social experiment (laughs) when i do it in workshops because some people are like pen to paper they know exactly what is happening 10 years from now and then there are some people that are like you know, like looking around, like, am I supposed to be writing something? And then there are some people, like I've had one person, she was like, I, I couldn't tell you one thing about my life, but I could tell you exactly what my house will look like. Amazing. I want you to write every detail. I'm like the color of your doorknobs. I want to know that. And she went and it was like this Whoa. crystal clear image to her. So it's like not every answer looks the same for everyone. And that's why I'm really mindful in my workshops to not over cue mm-hmm. and to give too much like write it in full sentences i've had some people draw pictures mm-hmm. some people write bullet points some people just write random words some people are drawing lines like it's cool to almost like learn how people's brains operate so differently for a long time i was always like short and long-term goals but now i like referring to them as process and outcome mm-hmm. because i think the outcome is like yeah like in 10 years i want to have gone to bali but it's like what What's are your the actions? Pro- yeah. What are actual steps? What are, that's the process. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, just over a year ago, I lost my dad. And that was something that really made me realize that, like, I cannot always be looking at my outcome goal. Mm-hmm. And it really made me shift my, my mindset and my perspective on things. And instead of being like, okay, that's where I want to be years from now. All of a sudden, like, this massive thing happens in your life and you can't even see... 10 days from, you know, that day. So it's like, where am I in this present moment? It could be as simple as like the, the words you say to yourself, that like positive self-talk. That in itself could take you like huge, huge strides. It's not always like something like tactile. Things in life happen and it's, also, it's important to really enjoy the process of things as opposed to always looking at like 10 years from now I'm going to do this then five years from now I'm going to do this but it's like okay cool but like you need to enjoy your life until then like yeah of course that's great you're thinking about retirement like (laughs) and down the road it's gonna be awesome but it's like what are you doing day to day that's like filling your cup and like making you feel really good so and as important as those visions are and those big goals are yes prioritizing them but also realizing that life happens and things can change so you can't be while you're striving for something and while it's amazing to have this vision to to sort of take you forward and guide your process Mm -hmm. you can't get too married to it because like you're saying you you can't control everything in life yeah i was very close with my dad like i have no regrets it's not like oh i wish i spent more time like i spent a ton of he was my best friend but it's like you you almost like hold on to moments differently when you experience something like that like now when i'm with my family when i'm with my mom it's like Every second, I'm like, I love you so much. Like, I just want to give you a hug and like all these things because it just makes you realize like you never, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I remember sharing this story with someone and saying like, I had a ton of goals that summer that I was like, I'm going to smash this and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to get this done. And then like all your priorities change. There were a lot of goals that didn't get accomplished. And I always refer to them as they're not failures. And if that's the, like, I always see a failure as a step, like a step forward. So at the time that was not my priority so whenever I'm going through these exercises with people it's like things happen and you know if you feel overwhelmed thinking about too many things focus on one thing make that your priority 
if something else comes up that becomes your priority, that's totally cool. You can change your priorities whenever you want, but it's also important to like live in the now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I struggled with up until that happened. And now I'm like, okay, like I know where I want to be 10 years from now, but like, what am I doing now to like live my life and enjoy it? Mm -hmm. So what are your goals right now? Personally? (laughs) Oh, um, you know what? I just came back from like a double header trip and you're looking so tan by oh, the way I want to kill you <laughs> and you know what I burned myself so badly on the first day that I had to sit oh, in the no. shade for two days I was like it could have been so much darker but that's okay <laughs> compared to the rest of yes. in Toronto right now that's don't worry true. you're doing that's good true. um but it really made me realize like I had a lot of friends that did a big trip like after they graduated school and I was so dialed in on gaining experience in the weight room and getting the jobs I wanted and and getting the certifications I wanted that I, I chose not to, to do that or take any time off. And not that I don't regret that, but I'm also at the point now where I'm like, I want, there's a lot I want to experience in the world. And mm-hmm. it was actually my financial advisor. We were sitting there and she's like, I'm always talking about like my career goals and what I want to save and do this. And she's just like, what are your like goals other than your business? And I literally looked at her for 10 seconds and I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. And then I was like, travel. I want to travel more. I think that will make me a better coach. It will be, make me a better human. Yeah. I, I just think like it's for so long, I was like, oh, I'll travel when I'm more successful. Or mm-hmm. No, that's because again, we, we never know what could happen. So mm-hmm. my goal is to, to make a mindful effort to travel maybe like one big trip a year or every so often just kind of knowing that I have that to kind of look forward to. And I am taking steps to actually like, you know, like I make money and I save money, but it's like, it could be to like pay for a house and all those (laughs) adult things. But in my mind, I would rather spend that money on a really incredible trip that is going to like put me in a change your world. Yeah. Rock your world. Yeah. Yeah. That's those experiences. That's the shit that like changes you. Yes. You know, it opens up your perspective. A hundred percent. So I, I just want to stop talking about it and actually like do it. So I think I'm going to try to plan a trip for the fall. Um, so the end of this year, cause my summer's busy. Like I love when my athletes come back and I want to be mindful that I'm like here for them and not kind of like piecing out, but mm-hmm. that's, that's a big personal goal for me. And for me to say that before any of my business goals is like such a big deal. Um, <laughs> But yeah, actually, one of my biggest goals for Training to Excel is to bring back that OG uh, small group training program. Cool. So, I mean, that's kind of how everything started. And it's funny because a couple of the people that were in that actually live downtown and I'm still friends with. And it, it would just be like, I remember posting about it one night and they were like, I was in that group. Like, I would totally sign up again. So it's like, that would be really, really cool to be able to make that happen. That's on my radar, but I actually kind of wrote down my priorities for this spring and summer. And a lot, a lot of it had to do with just being really present in the sessions that I have. I'm notorious for like taking on, I'm like, oh, I finished one project. Okay. I should start another, I should think of another idea. And I do have a big one for the fall that I will be working on throughout the summer, but I also want to just like really enjoy my time in the gym and you know working with the people that I currently work with in person and online really building up the foundation of things that I've already laid out Mm -hmm. like I just released a strength training program which I'm really excited about 
you know, I had a, a friend tell me yesterday, they're like, do we just jump into a new project because you finished one? So it's like, I really want to like grow that and build that community and, and just kind of be present on like what I've kind of already established and what's kind of right in front of me. And then, like I said, there's some things I'll be working on over the course of the summer, but... I think I've been realizing lately that it's, it is important to be mindful of where your energy is going. We often think of it as time, right? But we, you mm-hmm. also have only a certain amount of energy to give as well. And when your energy is all in momentum moving forward, how much of it are you saving for right now? Yes. And showing up and being the best that you can in that moment and being fully present with your mm-hmm. clients now and like giving everything to that. And that's also so important. So yeah. I'm like right there with you on yeah. that. I've been thinking about that a lot too. It's like, how can I just like be the best coach I can be with like exactly who's in front of me right now? Mm-hmm. Maybe instead of a project I'm working on, maybe it's like every week I want to connect with one new person and like have a sit down conversation with them. I'm thinking about like, where I've grown the most this much. And it's like having conversations with people and trying new things and trying new classes or, you know, doing stuff that's maybe outside of my comfort zone. It's like, that's where I've actually learned the most. Or like taking the time to read, heaven forbid, we like sit and read a book. It's like, <laughs> seriously. Oh my gosh. I read while I was in Florida. I finished the whole book. And yeah. I'm like, that never happens. Was it fiction or nonfiction? Um, oh, it was very like self-help. It was, um, oh. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you were going to say know. for sure it's fiction. Yeah. So many people okay. are like, do you ever read anything <laughs> other than like, sport books or like self-help and I'm like mm. but I get excited to read those things yeah so like sure. I'm not picking them because I'm like oh someone told me to read this it's like mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna get something from it and yeah I I can't even tell you the last like fiction book I've read <laughs> I was the same exact way but I actually just so I had um I had a client that gave me a book like she gifted me a book and it was a fiction book and I was going on vacation right after and I was like okay well it wasn't like just obligation but I was like this is the perfect time I just need to read this and I it reminded me how amazing it is to get lost in a story because I had totally forgotten I used to read when I was a kid yeah but you know life happens work happens there's always something to learn you know I'm a learner too so I'm always like you know self-help self-development yeah I want to learn about mindset I want to learn about all this stuff but I don't know it's pretty refreshing to actually just read a story yeah I still got a lot out of it you know what I think the last like fiction book I read would have been like I think the help right before the movie came out yep and I remember it was like it's like a 500 page book but I was so like so into it it's just and I mean it was based on like true events and stuff so maybe that's why I I just there's something about like real life that I'm like oh my gosh you just learn so much from history and so it's like maybe I need to go to chapters and like look in a section other than like health and wellness yeah (laughs) crime maybe I don't know we'll figure (laughs) it out I have a couple of listener questions yes I love this one but if you had all the resources and opportunities in the world where would you see yourself in your career? This is thinking like big vision. Yeah. You know what? I, I can honestly say if I had unlimited resources and everything, I wouldn't be doing anything too far off what I'm doing now. I never really saw a facility of my own in the future, but I think like if that was an option, like to have a physical space, I, I'd like to think of myself as kind of a hybrid between like you know, the hardcore like strength and conditioning world and the like health and wellness world. And I would love to create 
a space that has like the best of both worlds. So I'd have like a really awesome training facility with turf and trap bars and like just all the toys and I know you can picture it yeah. in your head. Um, but then also have like a little like healthy food spot and cafe and make it a really great workspace for people to feel like welcome and I actually wrote like four years ago on my 10 year vision that I opened up like a healthy food spot. Whoa. So I guess it, I guess it is okay. kind of on my radar but that was one of those things that like down the road I've always kind of seen it. When I think of like unlimited resources, I think of being able to make health and wellness really accessible for people. Great. Then my doors are open Mm -hmm. to anyone that wants to come in or it's just like super feasible for people to sign up and get trained from like a really good coach. But like me being able to provide that coach with the compensation, doing the simple things and doing them really well. Like that's my approach when I program and when I coach. So it's like that would really be my approach with life too I love so it'd that. be like a really cool like training to excel in life facility yeah I love that you make a really good point that it's it sucks that training and quality training isn't accessible to everyone yeah I wish I could just like replicate myself 10 times over so that I could train everyone and not yeah. charge anything because yeah. it's just it breaks my heart that yeah. like the really the only like super economical way to get training is like you go to one of these really generic online programs yeah. and get something that's like not even yeah. for you and doesn't yeah. really teach you how to move and that yeah. what that's not what we yeah. do right yes yeah. that's something completely different so. exactly so like the reason that I really like having the online component and I do have goals to really build it up is because I want to be able to if I have that kind of financial stability with the online work, then it's like maybe I can offer my services a little bit more at a discounted rate or unfortunately we have to think about money. I have to pay rent. Like, yeah. I we live downtown Toronto. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I have to be realistic, but I would love to kind of get my online business to the point where it is, you know, mm, kind of sustaining, sustaining. Yeah. So then I'm able to maybe do more, um, small group training at like a really low rate and just make it really accessible for people. You know, one of my approaches when it comes to my social media is like, how can I take all this information I've learned from my kindergarten and from my master's and from all these courses and my work with athletes and how can I make it accessible for people to digest and, and utilize in their everyday lives? Because mm-hmm. I mean, like training is not cheap. No. Who do you look up to? I would have to say my brothers and my parents. Mm-hmm. We have a very tight-knit family, and as I mentioned before, after um, losing our dad, we became even closer, which, like, I really didn't think was possible, Um, and when I was younger, I was, like, that classic kid sister that was, like, so obsessed with her older brothers, like, and even How much older are they? So, Dante, the oldest, is five years, and then Mince is three years older than me, and I think, like, when I was younger, I almost, like, didn't want them to know how much I, like, admired them and looked Mm -hmm. up to them. They've taught me so much, and they helped raise me in such a way that like when I had the opportunity with Laurier football, when I, you know, started kind of carving my own path, like I was never told that like I couldn't do something because I was a female and that's pretty much what society tells us. But because I was surrounded by love and support and it was like, you want to do that? Okay, go do it. Mm -hmm. We'll have your back. Like you can do that. My brothers would. That's so empowering. Yeah. And it kind of got to the point when I was almost like naive. Someone was like, oh my gosh, like that's a really big deal that you're working with a football team. And I'm like, 
No one else told me it was. Yeah, I was like, what? Why? (laughs) Like, I remember remember saying to uh, someone, this was a pretty pivotal moment for me. I was like, we were watching the CFL draft when a couple of my best friends were in it. And one of my best friends had just gotten drafted. I was so pumped for him. And I looked at the guy I was coaching with. I was like, I can't wait to work with the football team. And he's like, Elena, you're never going to work with the football team. And I was like, what? Why? Like, I was, I was honestly like, what? Like, what are you talking about? I remember being like, I've never heard that before. Wow. Like, who are you to stop? Because I, because, you know, my brothers never made me feel like that. My parents never made me feel like that. I credit my brothers for a lot of things, but ultimately it was my parents who raised us all this mm-hmm. way. But, you know, and especially after seeing like, you know, the kind of rock my mom is, especially after kind of what we've all gone through, like her strength is incredible. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, I have like all the respect in the world for that woman. So my fam. Awesome. What makes you excited to get out of bed in the morning? Her smiles ear to ear right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. You can't see it, but... Um, you know, I don't want to say this in, like, such a cliche way, but I think it's... This is so cliche, but helping others. You know, whether that's just, like, giving someone good energy when maybe, like, they don't have it themselves or, you know, educating something on something they didn't know about, empowering someone to make a really good decision... You know, helping others is that kind of broad term, but I just like, I really, I really like giving Mm -hmm. and it's always nice when I surround myself with people that kind of reciprocate that kind of energy. But I I really think like, that's what gets me out of bed. Because if you think about it, like all the things I do, it's all reflective of that. Like whether I'm training someone or whether we're chatting nutrition or I'm coaching a class or we're talking goals. It's like, I'm somehow trying to give someone the tools to help them perform and, and live better. So there are many things that encompass training to excel, but all of them have come very organically from the people in front of you, the situation that you're in and the people Mm -hmm. in being in need of something. Yeah. And so then you say, okay, I can do that. I can help you with that. Yeah. And then it evolves this new branch of what you do. Like that's exactly what happened with your goal setting. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you're it makes right. total sense. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but that like mm-hmm. gets me really pumped up. Mm-hmm. And I also really enjoy sweating. Like that gets like, and normally like on most days, it's like the first thing I do. Like I wake up really early to kind of get my workout in and out of the way. It feels really good to do something good for your body and like make a mindful effort to you know, put me at my best so I can then be my best for other people. For sure. Um, how can people find you and connect with you if they want to learn more about you or about your business or about what's coming up next? Uh, so definitely my website. I post, you know, blogs and things that are kind of happening in my life and you kind of get a peek inside my head um, as a strength coach. So www.trainingtoexcel.com. And then keeping it really simple, you can also find me on Instagram, which is training but it's the number two in the letters XL. And those are kind of the primarily the, the platforms I'm on most. Um, or like you could just chase me down on the street somewhere. Like I'm probably in Toronto <laughs> walking up Spadina or something. So like I'm all about that Hanging kind of... Re- yeah, something. Yeah, and I'm all about that real-time connection. So mm-hmm. if there's anyone listening that wants to come hang out, just shoot me a message. <laughs> happy to love it and you have a couple of um you just released a a new strength program Mm -hmm. can you tell us just a little bit about it yeah so it's an eight-week strength training program and just what we were talking about like i tried to keep things really simple but the beautiful thing about strength training is 
a beginner can, you know, pick it up and, and benefit from it. But then someone who's a little bit more elite and advanced can also benefit from it because um, it's so scalable. So um, it's a progressive uh, eight-week program with two four-week phases. Um, and then I have, you know, a resource library that you would have access to with videos and everything. We also have a Facebook community and there's a, a bunch of additional uh, tools in there. So I, you know, teach people about progressions and regressions and there's some nutritional guidance as well to kind of help support the training that you do. Um, and I think, to be honest, my favorite part of it is I included a daily wellness survey like at the beginning of each lift because I want people to realize that more it's more than just what's happening in that isolated hour. It's like the sleep we get and the things we put in our body and the way we feel and how stressed we are. And I added the question of, did you make your bed this morning? Because I know that was floating around as like a big thing with the, I think it was the Navy SEALs or something. Um, but yeah, I just want people to see it as more part of their lifestyle as opposed to like something they have to do for a short period of time. And I tried to pack as much info wow, as possible. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm like That's really, awesome. really excited about it because yeah. it's just, I really tried to make it accessible. So if there are people that are just kind of getting into it, I'm also available to like be your resource and I mean, maybe I have to be careful because yeah. depending on how many people are talking about it, this, but like limited yeah. energy and time, so be careful. But, but like, <laughs> if, but if if someone like my thing is, is if someone's taking the time to like if they're investing something, so like you're investing into my program, I want to make sure that I'm investing time into you as an individual. So that to me is really important. So I want people to feel like they're supported throughout the process. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank this you for amazing. Me. Yeah, such a good this chat. Was really fun. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that you're loving what you're hearing so far on the How Do You Feel podcast. If you have any feedback, I am absolutely open to it and would love to hear your thoughts. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can find me at KCMZav. We release a new episode every Monday. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or follow on Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Have an amazing week. Get out there and do something to make yourself feel good today.